الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وحده لا شريك له ولا نظير له ولا ند له ولا ضد له ولا مثل له ولا مثال له ونشهد أن سيدنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا وسندنا ومولانا محمدًا عبده ورسوله أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم دعواهم فيها سبحانك اللهم وتحيتهم فيها سلام وآخر دعواهم أن الحمد لله رب العالمين وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم للمسلم على المسلم ست بالمعروف يسلم عليه إذا لقيه ويجيبه إذا دعاه ويشمته إذا عطس ويعوده إذا مرض ويتبع جنازته إذا مات ويحب له ما يحب لنفسه أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام صدق الله العظيم وبلغنا رسوله النبي الحبيب الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين My respected elders and brothers In this hadith Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam explains to us That every Muslim has six rights over us Lil muslimi ala al-muslimi Sittum bil-ma'roof That every Muslim has six rights over us Which is called Hukukul ibad In our lives we have rights That are due to Allah Which are called Hukukullah Like our salah, our fasting, our hajj, our zakat, etc And then we have rights towards people Which is called Hukukul ibad And every Muslim has six rights over us As mentioned in this hadith of Rasulullah Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the first right that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions is وَيُسَلِّمُ عَلَيْهِ إِذَا لَقِيَهُ When you meet a Muslim, then you meet him with salam. You greet him with assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions that person who says, who says assalamu alaykum, he will receive ten rewards. And if a person says assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi, ishroon, twenty rewards. And if he says assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Thalathoon, 30 rewards for making salam with our Muslim brothers. Allah give us the tawfiq that whoever we meet, whenever we see a Muslim, 
We greet you with assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, to who should we make salam? Ala man arafta wa man lam ta'rif. You know the person, you don't know the person. You can see he's a Muslim brother. You greet him with assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala creates brotherhood and he creates muhabbat and love amongst us just by making salam with one another. In one hadith, Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, أَوَلَا أَدُلُّكُمْ عَلَى شَيْءٍ إِذَا فَعَلْتُمُوهُ تَحَابَبْتُمْ Should I show you something which if you practice on it, Allah will create joy and muhabbat amongst yourselves. أَفْشُ السَّلَامَ بَيْنَكُمْ Make salam common amongst you. So we know the person, we don't know the person. He's a rich person, he's a poor person. Whoever he is, he's a Muslim, we make salam with him. Sometimes we have this weakness. We only want to make salam with a rich person. We know he's driving a very fancy car, greet him with two hands. Assalamu alaykum. The poor person, Muazzin is walking past, we just pass him, we don't even make salam with him. Whereas the Muazzin is the greatest person here in the masjid. Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Al-Mu'addinoon atwaluhum a'naqan yawm al-qiyamah. The person who will enjoy the highest position on the day of qiyamah is a Muazzin. And sometimes you just walk past the Muazzin, you don't make salam with him. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam teaches us that if you want to create love and muhabbat, then this is the way. Sometimes it happens that we had a small problem with someone, and for some reason, there's some bad blood that's flowing. Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, easy way to break that ice is make salam with the person. Inna awla nasi billahi ta'ala man bada'ahum bis-salam. The person who's the closest to Allah is that person who makes salam first. He makes salam first, now there's little bad blood that's going, so he's walking on this side, he's walking on that side. You just have the courage to lower yourself and just make salam with him. Just say, assalamu alaikum. Whether he greets you back or he doesn't greet you back, you would take up the courage to make salam with him and greet him. In this way, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will break that ice and create that muhabbat and love. And the one who makes salam first, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Al-Badi'u bis-salam bari'un min al-kibar. This is a sign to show you don't have pride. You don't have pride because you lowered yourself and you went and made salam with him first. So this is this beautiful act of salam which Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has taught us, which creates love and muhabbat and brotherhood amongst ourselves. Our Hazrat Hafiz Hansa sahab rahmatullahi alayhi of ladies, but Hazrat Hafiz sahab used to always say, say salam starts off with an alif fatha, assalamu alaikum. Person shouldn't say salam because of this SMS language nowadays, so person salams. Salam doesn't say the salam properly with the alif before it. So we should say the salam, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. So our little children, we must teach them this habit. You see somebody, you see an alim, you see an elderly person, your father, your uncle, your grandfather, some elderly musallis in a masjid, go and make salam with him. Our, our parents, grandparents, they taught this to us. You're playing, visitors come, leave everything, come make salam with the visitor first. This is a sign of respect. So the child learns also that I need to make salam. I must go and make salam with my elders. I leave everything, I make salam with him. So these adab and etiquettes is very important for us. We instill it in our lives and we teach our children also the adab and the etiquettes. Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam also taught us, when you enter your house, the first thing you do is make salam loudly. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. That person who enters his home and makes salam loudly, Allah brings barakat in his house. It's little children who go to the maktab madrasa, Allah reward their apas and their ustads. They teach them, when you go home, you make salam loudly. The children walks in, he walks in with his juzdan in his hand, but the first thing he makes is salam loudly. How beautiful that house is, what a beautiful atmosphere. The child walks in making salam. So Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq that we can try and spread this great sunnah. It's a right of every Muslim that when we greet him, we meet him. We meet him with salam and we greet him with salam. So we sallimu alihi iza laqiyahu. When we meet him, then we make salam to him. The second 
The second right of every Muslim which is mentioned in the hadith is وَيُجِيبُهُ إِذَا دَعَاهُ When he invites you for a dawah, invites you for a meal to your house, to his house, we accept his dawah. So if a person calls you, he tells you, please come to my house, come have a meal. So if, you, if you're not committed and if it's not your working time, then you should accept his dawah and go to his house. Mustn't be that now I've become so stiff, I'm not going to even go to this person's house. I'll never make salam with him also. I won't accept his dawah also. If he dies, I won't go for his janazah also. So so hard we've become. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says, one of the rights of a Muslim is, when he calls you to your house, then you make the time and go and visit him. Go and eat at his house. If you are committed or you can't make it, you tell him, you know what, your dawah is accepted. I've accepted your dawah. But because of these commitments, I've already accepted another dawah. Or whatever the reason is, I can't make it to your house. But inshallah, some other time I'll come. So to make the heart of a Muslim happy, you accept his dawah if he calls you to his house. One of the ways to try and break up this bad blood amongst people is to have a dawah. Call, call him home. Sometimes two families, they're not getting along so well. So have a nice dawah at home. A nice meal, prepare and invite them to come to the house. When they come to the house and they eat, it's a good chance to break up that, that ill feelings or that bad blood that is between two people. So the second right of a Muslim is, When he invites you to, to your house, then you accept his dawah. You accept his dawah and you go to his dawah. The third right of every Muslim is, when he sneezes and he says, Alhamdulillah, you must reply by saying, Yarhamukallah. When a person sneezes and he says, Alhamdulillah, then you should reply by saying, Yarhamukallah. And this is such a beautiful dua also. Allah have mercy on you. Allah Ta'ala have mercy upon you. You're making dua for the person. Even the salam that we say, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. May the peace of Allah, may the blessings of Allah, may the mercy of Allah be upon you. Now as compared to just making a greeting like hello or hi, up till now anybody even knows what is the meaning of hello, what is the meaning of hi. There is no meaning to this. But assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh is a dua that you're making for your brother and he replies with the same dua for you. Similarly, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says when a person sneezes and he says alhamdulillah, then you reply by saying yarhamukallah, may Allah have mercy upon you. Sneezing is from amongst those things which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala likes. It is mentioned in a hadith, there are certain things which Allah likes and there are certain things that Allah dislikes. Amongst the things that Allah ta'ala likes is when a person sneezes and the reason for that is when he sneezes, he says alhamdulillah and he praises Allah ta'ala and that alhamdulillah comes from the bottom of his heart. And when he praises Allah, Allah ta'ala becomes very, very happy with this person for praising him when he says and ask that person who he's got a sneeze and it's stuck in his nose and it's, it's just not coming out how frustrated he feels and then when it comes out how happy he feels is alhamdulillah that alhamdulillah that comes from the bottom of a person's heart and he says alhamdulillah Allah becomes very very happy with that person who sneezes and as far as uh, yawning is concerned in this, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says, Allah ta'ala doesn't like this. Allah ta'ala doesn't like a person yawns, especially when he yawns and he opens his mouth wide and he makes that sound. Uh, Shaitan gets very happy, he laughs at him, he laughs at this person. And look at this lazy Muslim, look at him how he's yawning like this. Shaitan gets very, very happy when he sees a person yawning. That is why Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa says, when a person is yawning, he should cover his mouth and he should muffle that yawn and he shouldn't make that sound. 
that sometimes a person makes when he's yawning, you shouldn't make that sound. Because this makes shaitan very happy. It's a sign of laziness. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to make dua against laziness. Rabbi a'udhu bika min al-kasal. Oh Allah, save me from laziness. Protect me from laziness, becoming lazy. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam disliked this, that the Muslim must be lazy. He liked it that every Muslim must be, must be up and about and working. And he must be thrifty. He shouldn't be a lazy person. Whatever work they used to do now, but it is relaxing, it's lazy. Shaitan becomes very, very happy with this. So here Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Allah ta'ala likes that. He likes it when a person sneezes and he says, Alhamdulillah. And it is the right of that person who says, Alhamdulillah, that we should reply by saying, Yarhamukallah. Ya Allah. when a person coughs, when a person sneezes, when a person yawns. And these are three things that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has taught us. We should cover a person's mouth. He should cover his mouth, muffle the sound, etc. But this sneezing is something Allah ta'ala loves it, that when he sneezes and he says, Alhamdulillah, and he praises Allah ta'ala. When a person is studying in the Alim cause in the Darul Loom, then there's one kitab that he studies in the sixth year of his Alim cause, it's called Abu Dawood Sharif. It's a book of hadith, of all authentic hadiths, and there's about 4,800 ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that is compiled in this kitab. But there's a very unique story about the author of this kitab, Hazrat Imam Abu Dawood sahab rahmatullah alayhi, he was one day standing in the harbor. He was one day standing in the harbor, and there was a ship that was leaving. And as the ship was leaving the harbor, it was going out, Hazrat Imam Abu Dawood sahab rahmatullah alayhi was standing there, and there was a person aboard the ship who sneezed, and the person said, Alhamdulillah. And the ship was leaving. After a little while, it struck Imam Abu Dawood sahab rahmatullah alayhi, that the man said, Alhamdulillah, and it was a duty upon me that I should say, Yarhamukallah, to sneeze, but I never said this. So he quickly ran to a person who had a lifeboat, and he said, I'll give you one dirham, can you take me quickly to that boat that is leaving the harbor? So he jumped in the boat, and the person rode quickly to the ship, and from there he shouted out to that person, Yarhamukallah. The people of the ship heard a voice from the sky saying, Today Imam Abu Dawood has purchased his jannat for one silver coin. For one silver coin, he has purchased his jannah. So this is the beauty of practicing on this Mubarak sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And then from that day onwards is when Allah ta'ala blessed him with the knowledge of hadith. And eventually he became a great imam in hadith and he compiled this book, which every alim has to study in his alim cause. To be quali- to qualify as an alim, you have to study the kitab of Hazrat Imam Abu Dawood sahab rahmatullah alayhi. So this is the third right of every Muslim. The fourth right which Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam mentions is, وَيَعُودُهُ إِذَا مَرِضَ When a person gets sick, then it's his right that you go and visit him. You go and visit a sick person. Somebody is sick in a family, somebody is sick in a neighborhood, a musalli is sick. Then it is his right that we go and visit him, pick up his spirits, make him feel nice, see if he needs anything. This is the shan of a Muslim. We don't let him die in his sickness, but rather we're there to help him, to support him, to pick him up in his sickness. To go and visit a sick person, is so such great sawab and reward that is mentioned in a Mubarak hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. It is mentioned in a hadith, Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam says, if we go to visit a sick person, then number one, you already enter into the rahmat and the mercy of Allah. When you go to visit a sick person, you are already in the mercy of Allah, number one. Number two, when you're visiting the sick person, you've distanced yourself 70 years away from Jahannam. 70 years away from Jahannam for going to visit a sick person. Number three, person who goes to visit a sick person, Allah wa ta'ala appoints 70,000 malaika to make dua maghfirah, to make dua for the 
forgiveness of the person who's going to visit that sick person. 70,000 malaika are now engaged in dua for the entire day from the morning till the evening. Or if you went in the evening, then from the evening till the morning, all making dua, oh Allah, forgive this person, oh Allah, forgive this person. 70,000 malaika are making dua for the person who goes to visit a sick person. And the fourth thing Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa says is that when you go to visit a sick person, Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala builds for you a palace in Jannah. A palace in Jannah. So if you went to visit 100 sick people, Allah has built for you 100 palaces in Jannah. So you go to visit a sick person, 100 palaces in Jannah, uh, one palace for the person to, to go and visit a sick person. So Allah give us tawfiq that we visit the sick people. It's a very great sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa that we take our time and visit a person who is sick. Sometimes you know a person is sick in a certain area, area, then we should try and visit him. And when it comes to visiting the sick, then it is not restricted to visiting only a Muslim person who is sick. He is mentioned in a hadith, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, used to even visit those non-Muslims who were sick. On one occasion, there was a Jewish boy who was ill, and Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam took a few sahaba kiram radiallahu anhu, and they went to visit this, this Jewish boy. And when he came, the Nabi Wasallam saw that this boy was very, very sick and he seized the opportunity, he gave him da'wat, he gave him da'wat to accept Islam. This young boy was taken away with the akhlaq of Rasulullah Wasallam, and he looked at his father, his father told him, Ati' Abal Qasim, listen to what Muhammad Wasallam is telling you. He immediately accepted Islam and he passed away. Nabi Wasallam was very, very happy, very happy. He praised Allah Ta'ala, all praise is due to Allah Ta'ala, who blessed this boy with iman on my hands. On my hands, Allah blessed him with iman, so happy. So sometimes <coughs> a non-Muslim is sick also to go visit. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is to make this a habit. If anyone was sick in Medina Munawwara, he would go sometimes himself, sometimes he would take a group of sahaba kiram radiallahu ta'ala anhum, and he would go and visit them. One good practice for us all, maybe you all can make amal on this is, there's many many hospitals around Durban, government hospitals. And there are many people who are in the hospitals who have nobody to visit them, nobody to see them. It would be what a good practice if we can make a few few jamaats of our own and try and visit these hospitals. Just go during the visiting hours and walk through the wards. How much sawab we'll get for ourselves, number one. And the Muslims that are there, there is also a support for them. One friend of mine, one Malana, he was telling me on the 25th of December. On the 25th of December, he went to the Eddington Hospital and he just took a walk into the, into the surgical ward just to visit. He said, I saw a Tanzanian brother over there. I went to meet him. He says, this person sat up from his bed and he hugged me. He told me, Manana, I'm here in the hospital now for five days. I haven't had one visitor. Nobody came to visit me. And he says, every day there are Christian groups who are coming here and they're singing carols and Merry Christmas songs here. He says, I feel my Iman is at jeopardy. I'm so happy you came today to visit me. Just sit with me and talk to me about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says, I sat a little while, I spoke to him, we made some zikr together. He felt so good, he felt so refreshed as far as his Iman is concerned. Like this, there's so many different karguzaris that can be given about people and who are in the hospitals, but there's nobody to visit them. So Allah give us tawfiq, inshallah, it will be a great reward for us. And sometimes we have time for a lot of things, for gymming, for cycling, for jogging, for pedal, a lot of things we got time for. We can take our time once a week, make a jamaat, and go and visit the hospitals. Just go and see. And sometimes in these government hospitals, many patients are not even getting very good treatment over there. We can support them sometimes, maybe even a little bit of food or whatever else we can help them with. It will just bring their spirits up. But the biggest winner in all of this will be ourselves because of the sawab and the reward we'll get for this. 
and he visits a sick person when he's sick. So this is the fourth right of a Muslim. And the fifth right of every Muslim is وَيَتْبَعُ جَنَازَتَهُ إِذَا مَاتَ That when he passes away, when a Muslim passes away, then he goes for his janaza. When he goes for his janaza, there's a janaza somewhere. We know a Muslim has passed away. We should try and attend the janaza if possible. Even if it means going out of our way. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa says, if you attend the janaza namaz of a Muslim person, you'll get one qirat of sawab. And if after the janaza namaz, you go to the qabristan and you bury him, you'll get two qirat of sawab. And one qirat of sawab is equal to Mount Uhud. And Mount Uhud is the biggest mountain in Medina Munawwara. It's about 17 kilometers long. And it's the hugest mountain in Medina one qirat is equal to Mount Uhud in Sawab. So much of reward for, for going for a janazah. Sometimes you see the old people, you think like they jumped in the car, they go on Joburg for a janazah namaz. All the way they're traveling to Johannesburg for a janazah namaz. We think, you know, a Muslim passed away, he's a relative, he's a family, we must go. We must go for the janazah namaz. But so much of Sawab and reward, and it's a right of a Muslim that we go and we attend his janazah salah. And then from the janazah salah, then also to go to the qabristan and help out in burying the person in the qabristan. Allah reward our burial societies, how much of fikr they make for our Muslim ummah. We, we, we don't even have to worry about anything because they've taken charge of everything. They do everything for us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward them. But we must try and be part of it. There's a ghusl taking place. We must also go for the ghusl. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said, you take part in the ghusl of a Muslim. You take part in the ghusl. Allah forgives all your gunas. Like the day your mother had given birth to you, you walk out of that ghusl khana free from all gunas. Even we can't do the whole ghusl, but we'll be there past the jugs, at least past the soap, help out a little bit. We'll get a lot of sawab and a lot of reward. And also in the Qabristan, to help out in the Qabristan as well, as far as possible. Sometimes you're finding complaints that a person is going to the Qabristan and there's only old people who are using the spade. The youngsters are all standing in the back, someone is on his phone, someone is doing something else, but everyone is not helping to fill the cupboards. Sometimes a person is looking at his shoes, is worried now, hey, I've got new shoes, I, I can't mess my shoes, so he's standing in the back. I remember our Ustad Hazrat Mawlana Harun Abbas Umar Sahib Rahmatullah was Shaykh al-Hadith. He told us once that a person would be standing in front of the Mizan on the scale, where the scales on the day of Qiyamah, and his bad deeds will be very heavy, his good deeds will be very light. Small little packet will come with sand, and it will fall on his scale, and the good deeds will get very, very heavy. So he'll ask, what is this? See, this was the sand that you used to fill in the grave of a Muslim. He's now coming to help you and assist you. So this complaint comes a lot of times. Youngsters not helping out in the Qabristan, etc. We should, this is the right of a Muslim. That in the last one, the sixth one, وَيُحِبُّ لَهُ مَا يُحِبُّ He loves for his brother what he loves for himself. A Muslim should have a big heart. We should love for everyone what we love for ourselves. We shouldn't be selfish. That everything must be for me and for my family. But rather, wish well for everybody. Have a clean heart. Have a beautiful heart. And forgive and forget and have muhabbat and love for each other. All these six things that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned here is to create and generate muhabbat amongst ourselves before the month of Ramadan is coming. How nice it will be if we can clean out our hearts, forgive each other for anything that has happened. And in that way, inshallah, we draw the rahmat of Allah. Allah give us tawfiq wa